majority of us with our Harleys, you know, we got the louder pipes on and stuff, you know, and hear all the kids and all the other veterans, you know, giving the motion to crank open yeah. the throttle, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that, you know. And it's really cool because even a lot, a lot of times, even just cruising down the road, somebody would come by, come past me, and I got my vest on, and they'll come by and honk and give me a thumbs up and cool. stuff like that. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. Hey there, this is Paige Wood, and this is episode 22 of Terminal Exchange. I want to take a moment to wish you a happy Memorial Day. A few years ago, I took a trip to Washington, D.C., and it was super memorable. Based on that trip, I wrote a short Memorial Day tribute to share with you. As much as I enjoy it, Memorial Day isn't about the barbecues and sunshine. It's a day of reflection and gratitude. I hope this tribute helps to remind you of that, too. In the inky black darkness of night, you perceive movement, and it draws your attention. From the distance you're at, it looks like there are people out winding through the low bushes, making wakes in the landscaping as they shuffle through the brush. What in the world? You mutter into the blackness. This is the National Mall, and people are out traipsing through it like the memorials mean nothing. But as you move closer, your mind wraps around the perfectly positioned lights illuminating each face of the perceived intruders, emphasizing the dilated pupils, hunkered shoulders, craned necks, and swiveled heads seemingly scouting. On approach, the flesh you thought you saw solidifies into steel, and the stoic presence and placement of each statue in the Korean War Memorial elevate goosebumps along your arms. The hair on the back of your neck raises. The thoughtless playing you thought was occurring morphs into the calculated scouting of a platoon of soldiers squishing their way through a Korean rice paddy. The solemnity of it all pulls your shoulders forward in a hunch. Your chin nods down. Your breathing slows. And a somber reflection inches into your mind as you scan the statue's faces. Who of you made it home? Nestled on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. is the Korean War Memorial. A haunting memorial so realistic, you can almost transport to that distant place in time and hear the rain pattering down on the steel statue's helmets and pelting their ponchos. Walking around the 19 soldiers, representing all four military branches, glancing into the eyes of each, lingers with you for life. Each gaunt, drawn face siphons your attention and you pull yourself from one to the next but you always feel drawn back to the last the memorial is remarkable in daylight but the dark enveloping night pulls you in boots squishing through rice paddies are nearly audible as you silently slip around the memorial the harsh lights cut up through the solid presence of each soldier accentuating the tight jaw of one the darting eyes of another, and the clenched fist of a third. 
and all you can think about as you search through the harrowed faces is the inadvertent fear embedded in each man and the stoic courage he took up to leave his hometown and trek out into the unknown territory of a foreign country for freedom. Please join me in a moment of silence to remember, to pray for, and to thank the soldiers who have fought for freedom and lost their lives in service to the United States of America. I want to take a moment to thank you who have or are currently serving in the United States military. As we prepare for Memorial Day, we mourn the loss of life throughout the wars. But we also rejoice in the freedom ensured to us by our military. And we thank God for the strength, security, and sacrifice that our service members never cease to provide. We owe so much to you for your service. Thank you. Thank you, Paige, for that wonderful tribute. And let me express my personal thanks to the men and women who have sacrificed all for our freedoms and to the men and women who were willing to sacrifice all for our freedoms. This week's episode features a double exchange with Navy veterans Brian Stoltz and Lonnie Bartek. Brian is involved in Patriot Guard Writers and Lonnie is uh, involved in Legion Writers. And both of those groups travel to attend veterans' memorial services, and other uh, veterans' events. But uh, the whole purpose is to honor and be there to support the family and loved ones of those that have fallen. And I want to take a moment here in in these exchanges to talk with both of them, to uh, find out what they do in these, uh, as Brian calls them, missions, and what that looks like and how you too can get involved, even if you are not a veteran service member. And so... I think you'll find these two interviews very engaging, uh, very interesting to learn about the the activities that many of us don't get to see on a regular basis. So I also want to uh, take a moment to encourage you this Memorial Day weekend to take time to remember those that have given their all, that have given their lives for our freedom. As Paige said, it's not just about barbecues and cooking out and hanging out with friends We get to do that. We get a day off on Monday, but there's a reason for that. And it is to remember our fallen service members and uh, to recognize them for the things that they have done and uh, their sacrifice. So please take time to do that. So without further ado here, we've got Brian Stoltz and Lonnie Bartak honoring our fallen. Brian, why don't you tell me just a little bit uh, about your military service? Uh, I know you are Navy, uh, but tell me a little bit about that. Uh, when did you serve? Where Where did you serve? I enlisted into the Navy. That was uh, October of uh, 92. Um, had uh, basic training out in San Diego, California, and then also uh, I had already chosen a uh, uh, the Navy refers to them as an A school where you go for training into a, a particular field. And I had already pre-chosen uh, to go uh, hospital corpsman. Uh, and so I had hospital corpsman A school that was at the uh, Balboa Medical Center facility that they have there also in uh, in San Diego, California. So, And then from there I did uh, was lucky to do uh, one staff duty station that was in uh, – 
Great Lakes, Illinois, which is uh, North Chicago, Waukegan, uh, Illinois area. So, did you ever end up deployed overseas? Unfortunately, during that time of the uh, mid '90s, when uh, President Clinton was uh, in office, there was a lot of downsizing and cutbacks mm-hmm. that uh, occurred across all of the branches of the military, and. Uh, I was one of those ones that, uh, you know, yeah, we're, uh, you know, going to have to let you uh, go home and, you know, give you your, uh, your, your, your benefits. And so <laughs> I, uh, you know, of course, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you know, given the choice, you know, you're told you're going, going home. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, so unfortunately, no, I did not get an opportunity to uh, get uh, deployed overseas or even deployed onto uh, a ship. So, you know, that was right. one, uh, one, one of the things, you know, that, uh, you know, I, uh, Wish I'd had that experience, but uh, did not get that opportunity. But now uh, you definitely do your part to give back and support uh, other veterans and be involved in the veteran community. Tell me what different programs you're involved in, some different things that you've done. I know you've done Toys for Tots, uh, Patriot Guard Riders, uh, different things like that. What are some of your programs that you work with? The uh, the first experience or opportunity, you know, to really get back, you know, involved, you know, with the community and to serve and then also to serve with, uh, uh, you know, other veterans and, and, and patriots as well was uh, with Patriot Guard Riders. And then in turn, it just kind of, uh, you know, dominoed over into uh, the Marine Corps League. And then, of course, also doing photography on my own was able to work closely with uh, uh, American Legion, American Legion Riders, Toys for Tots. Midwest Veterans Association, which is over in the in the greater Danville, Illinois area, so was able to uh, engage in a, in a number of different veteran-related opportunities. Do you feel like you have a sort of duty or obligation uh, to to do that to 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 volunteer in those ways, or is that something that you enjoy doing? That's just you. That's Brian. The the word as far as you know, duty or obligation, you know, ab- definitely, absolutely no in that. Um, it's just basically a part of, uh, of who I am and, and have been this way uh, stems all the way back into uh, my high school years when I was a uh, cadet firefighter with a uh, area fire department. So, and it just, you know, grew exponentially uh, as time went by and, of course, as my, you know, maturing as well, so. What drives you to be involved in those things? A combination of, of two things, I would say, Philip. One is, you know, the uh, the opportunity to, to serve. You know, we've seen, you know, time and time again in uh, in Scripture, you know, where Jesus Christ Himself, you know, you know, I've you know come to serve, you know, not to be served. So, you know, the opportunity, you know, to serve, you know, whether it be, you know, the, the greater community, uh, veteran community, um, just the opportunity, you know to serve. Um, and I've also had opportunities in a uh, church as well, where I was able to serve and able to serve, you know, more in a, uh, behind the curtain opportunity, you know, where there, you know, there was no, uh, fanfare, you know, there was no, mm-hmm. you know, pats on the backs out of boys, you know, and, and those opportunities as well, you know, truly enjoy, you know, the opportunity of being able to serve. The second half of it is, you know, the opportunity to, uh, be around, you know, my sibling veterans in the veteran community and also being around um, like-minded patriots as well. So with Memorial Day coming up here, I want to kind of focus on Patriot Guard writers and that program about what they do, what you do as a writer. What's it there for? 
the, uh, the Patriot Guard writers, they were founded back in 2005 to shield families, you know, that have had fallen, you know, heroes from their families, mm-hmm. you know, that would disrupt the services of their loved ones. But also at the same time, um, you know, and of course, definitely, you know, a non-confrontal, non-violent atmosphere. Um, but also at the same time, we've seen it especially over in the uh, in the Danville area at the uh, Veterans Administration Hospital over there, you know, where there's been veterans, you know, that have passed and they have no family mm. uh, that is available to, um, you know, be part of, you know, their uh, – memorializing and in essence, you know, their, their, their final, uh, leg of their journey. So it also gives the opportunity for us as, you know, Patriot Guard writers to, uh, to serve as family, you know, and to, uh, and for those that do have family, it gives us the opportunity to, to honor their loved one and to remember, you know, the, uh, you know, the service, you know, that they, they, you know, gave for our country. So practically speaking and logistically, comes down to you are a group of bike riders for the most part, not exclusively though. It's not exclusive to, uh, just specifically motorcycle, uh, riders. You know, myself, I am not a motorcycle rider. I've never owned a bike. I've, you know, had the privilege of, you know, an uncle and, and a grandfather, you know, that yes, they, you know, rode my motorcycles and I rode with them, you know, behind them on motorcycles. Mm-hmm. But myself, I do not own nor ride a motorcycle, but the opportunity that Patriot Guard Riders does provide is it provides, you know, for those that do ride motorcycles as well as, you know, that those that don't ride motorcycles to participate together, you know, in this activity. And along with that as well, it's not exclusive to just the veteran community. You know, we have quite a, a large number, you know, of civilians is is the best term to use, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that have not, uh, you know, served in uh, military service or even those that have not, you know, served as a uh, first responder for uh, municipality that uh, are among us in uh, Patriot Guard riders. When do you get involved as far as specifically, um, do you get a call that says, hey, we've got a memorial service and we need some guys to show up to this with uh, the Illinois Patriot Guard riders, and I've interacted a little bit on, as far as on the national page as well. We have, of course, in, in today's twenty first century, number of people have uh, you know an email account, or some have several email accounts. There's a website uh, for Illinois, and of course, there's also a website for the national as well, where you know you would share your email address. Um, and an excellent opportunity that uh, that I can explain that with is just here within the last uh, uh, week to two weeks here in Illinois, we've had uh, actually a total of two. Uh, Illinois state troopers that have uh, been uh, killed within the line of duty and the uh, families. And it's only with the families that Patriot Guard riders are invited. The Patriot Guard, you know, just does not show up, you know, at a uh, uh, military veterans service. The Patriot Guard riders just does not um, crash, you know, their, mm-hmm. uh, their, their event. A number of, uh, Funeral directors are aware of Patriot Guard riders, and many have had the opportunity, you know, to uh, call upon us and also see what uh, Patriot Guard riders do as well. Um, returning back the uh, the email uh, notification for Illinois, it goes uh, 
it goes statewide, you know, whether it be a, uh, a mission for a, uh, and of course we'll just use again, the, uh, the trooper that was, mm-hmm. uh, that was killed. They had a, uh, service for him, you know, it listed, you know, the, the trooper's name and then also disclosed, uh, the location where they were having the service right. for the, uh, fallen trooper. Well, the email of course goes out to all of the Patriot Guard riders, uh, within Illinois, you know, regardless whether you're in Cairo, Mounds, East St. Louis, Harrisburg, Galena, Quincy, Bloomington Normal. Um, And then, of course, with that uh, additional information, it'll show the the location of uh, the service. But the first time that it's shown in areas four was called staging, which, of course, again, we have a large number of uh, motorcycles that are involved. And then we have a large number of what we refer to as as cages, cars, pickup trucks, SUVs, and the like. the uh, the staging is uh, is done can be anywhere between a half hour or so before the time of the uh, the service starts or even up to an, even an hour. And does that happen off site or does that happen? No, that does happen on site okay. of the the, uh, uh, the location either by be it an instance of the College of Lake County or be it the uh, uh, the funeral home where they're having the you know the service at. There'll be the staging, you know, of course, where the, you know, the motorcycles in, into, a, you know, one area and usually very close to that also is the uh, uh, the cages, you know, and there's a number of of us, uh, you know, and we use the term rider as a uh, generic term is the best way to describe it. So but we'll have riders as well that have their pickup trucks that will have large uh, flag racks on them, you know, displaying right. uh, uh, the American flag. Uh, myself, I have a flag rack that I have had on previous vehicles and, uh, you know, the American flag or Patriot Guard flag, POW flag, state of Illinois, Mm -hmm. not in order, that order, (laughs) but, uh, you know, and as well as uh, if it's a a fallen uh, service member, you know, whether it be on active duty or be it someone with veteran status, you know, I've always have flown the appropriate branch flag, you know, that goes with that as, as well. So, and a number of the bikes, they'll have either the American flag on there as well, and, and they may have the, the service flag of that yeah. particular area as well. So they're staged um, in a particular area. And then there's a second time that's listed within that, uh, underneath that, which is referred to as a briefing time, which uh, the individual that we have, we refer to them as a ride captain. Uh, and then there's also oftentimes listed a uh, support captain, which in this and then individual supports the ride captain. And the ride captain will uh, do a, uh, a briefing, you know, with the, uh, the members that show for the uh, service and uh, give them a, a basic rundown on, uh, you know, this is uh, Trooper Ellis that passed away. We're going to be uh, setting up a flag line of American flags here outside of the door. We may have a couple people, you know, inside that will, uh, you know, be standing at uh, attention, you know, just to, uh, you know, continue, you know, with that uh, professional and dignified appearance. <laughs> and then in turn, once the uh, service is concluded, you know, we'll form a line over here with flags and alike. And then we in turn will also uh, escort the Hearst and the family then on mm-hmm. out uh, to the cemetery if it is, of course, requested and it's all been uh, decided long beforehand. We will escort the family out to the uh, cemetery to where their loved one is to be uh, interned. From your experience or from stories of others, what would you say that having the Patriot Guard show up means to the family? There has been many 
many, many, um, uh, be it, um, service members we have had a few you know sadly within the the Illinois and western Indiana area that have uh, been killed in action or be it a uh, an older veteran the uh, uh, the children have you know expressed to us as patriot guard riders you know great appreciation for uh, showing support you know for the memory of their fallen loved one and just the uh, the presentation that we do and some families have also been inclined to uh, send uh, thank you cards. So you mentioned earlier that you don't have to be a veteran to be a part of this. You can be a civilian. Correct. Uh, so what, if anybody is interested in getting involved in this opportunity, uh, what should they do? How do they, how do they get involved in this? The, uh, the best way for one to, uh, you know, if they've, you know, you know, Hey, you like to, uh, to check this out, you know, on my own would love to get some, uh, some, some additional information on that would be to, uh, for those that do live in, in Illinois, that would be, uh, I L Patriot guard, one word, all lowercase, uh, dot com for those that are outside Illinois. I know that Indiana has a, uh, uh, Patriot Guard on their own, but uh, the national website is Patriot Guard, uh, one word, lowercase, uh, dot org. And then, of course, I would encourage, you know, anyone, uh, even Google out, you know, your own home state with uh, mm-hmm. uh, Patriot Guard as well. Um, I know that Texas has a, a large, large uh, Patriot Guard, you know, which we've seen with the uh, uh, the passing several years ago of uh, veteran Navy SEAL, uh, Chris Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that Every state has their own Patriot Guard, but uh, writers, but there's a uh, large number of states that actually do have their own. So I would encourage those to uh, definitely Google Patriot Guard writer as well as the their, their home state that they're in. So, Have you developed any uh, relationships through doing Patriot Guard with other writers? One uh, one uh, particular couple that uh, that quickly comes to my mind, uh, being from the greater Danville, Illinois area, we get the uh, the opportunity to uh, partner with the uh, Indiana Patriot Guard, and there's a uh, couple that lives over in Covington, Indiana, that uh, uh, both my wife and I we've had the opportunity to uh, befriend them, and uh, uh, and of course they have uh, teens of their own involved with different activities. You know, hey, our uh, our son is selling laundry soap. Can we interest you in a five-gallon bucket of, of, of laundry soap? You know, yeah, sure, we can. You know, and so uh, we we developed a, a a strong friendship. You know, with um, other uh, Patriot Guard writers as well, and uh, we've also been blessed with uh, the opportunity to uh, to be friends with um, the best way to describe them. You know, it's Gold Star families, which Gold Star families are those that have lost a loved one in active duty. One particular couple uh, that quickly comes to my mind is uh, Tom and Kayla Witzman from Covington, Indiana area, and uh, phenomenal couple, great couple. So, another note that I would also like to add to it as well, and of course, uh, a number of uh, veterans, and as well as you know, those who are involved in uh, different groups and the like. You know, you know, well, there's you know a uh, you know dues that have to be paid, or a monthly fee, or an annual fee, or something like that. Patriot Guard does not have a uh, monthly dues or something like this that, you know, you know, you have to pay, you know, to belong to it. There's not a uh, dress 
code requirement. Um, as far as, you know, well, you got to have a vest or you need to purchase the uh, Patriot Guard t-shirt. You know, it's that's not uh, essential to be part of the, uh, the Patriot Guard. And with also that at the same time, many of us, many of us, you know, are still part of, you know, the regular working world. Um, you know, of course, uh, mm-hmm. so you'll see a lot more of, uh, you know, retired folks and those that are, you know, you know, actually part of it that are able to, you know, attend much more military you know, service related ones, as well as the uh, um, it's not all um, funerals that we have as well. We're you know privileged to uh, uh, attend in uh, parades, send offs for those right. that are, uh, you know, that are joining into the service, uh, the memorial wall that comes uh, into Illinois from time mm-hmm. to time. You know, so, I mean, it's not all uh, somber occasions, you know, there's times, you know, where we actually get to, you know, smile. And of course there's hugs and handshakes, you know, that, yeah. uh, that, uh, that, that, that do happen, but uh, there's no minimum number of uh, missions or, you know, if you, you know, you can make one and you can't make another one due to, you know, work requirements, mm-hmm. you know, family requirements, you know, you're not be able to do one for six months. That's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, will you be missed? Oh, absolutely. You'd be missed. But, uh, at the same time, you know, when you were able to, to finally, you know, make a mission, you know, Hey, Smitty. Yeah. It's, you know, definitely great to see you again. You know, glad to, you know, have you, you know, here on uh, this mission and then able to, uh, you know, go forth and, uh, spell out what's, uh, taking place for whatever the particular mission is. Excellent. And one last question for you. Can I expect uh, any sort of Lego diorama for Memorial Day coming up? Mm, and, of course, that's another uh, hobby that I do. <laughs> I know we didn't touch on that, we, but we, I know we, that about we, you. We, 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 we didn't touch on it at all, but uh, I uh, Lego uh, minifigure photography is something that I've been involved in for possibly about five years or so and the like. And there's just different pictures and different ideas that... Uh, uh, that pop into my head um, with uh, Memorial Day, you know, quickly approaching being the uh, the married man that I am. There's those uh, uh, <laughs> other, uh, you know. Uh, you saying there's other priorities, Brian? There, 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 there's unfortunately uh, <laughs> other uh, priorities, you know, this needs to be taken care of here, <laughs> this needs to be done. And uh, so uh, uh, I will uh, best say for those that uh, that do follow uh, my own uh, Lego photography, like all I will say is stay tuned. <laughs> well, we'll be, we'll, we'll definitely do that. And Brian, again, thanks so much and uh, appreciate your service and, and your volunteering and uh, appreciate having you here. Thank you, Philip. Greatly appreciated. Lonnie, I like your vest. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about what you got going on there. Well, it's I got a, like a Korean conflict patch where we uh, we did a escort of a bunch of Korean veterans going to see the Korean Memorial in Washington D.C. We gave them motorcycle export escort to the airport and stuff, and made sure that they were all off on time and. On the back, I got some uh, patches of fallen friends in memory of. I got my mom, my dad, my nephew, my best friend, and a District 15 Abate member name on my back. Now, you showed me the back of your shirt earlier here. Um, you know, slide, slide that down real quick so I can kind of read this to everybody. So on the front of your shirt, uh, you've got the word veteran, and, it, and it's, it's spelled out as though it's like in the dictionary. You've yep. got your uh, syllables and everything there spelled out. So it says veteran there, but if you want to turn around for me here. The back of the, the, uh, the shirt here says veteran. It's a noun. 
It says a person who wrote a blank check payable to United States of America for an amount of up to and including one's life. And I think that's 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 it, right there. Yep. I mean, be, being a veteran, regardless of what uh, time you're in the service, time you're in the service, what what where you served, how you served, um, you signed up to do what you needed to do, right? Yep. Tell me a little bit about what you did do in the service. Uh, well, how you I was I was a hull technician on a submarine tender. The subs would pull alongside of us, and we would do whatever repairs we could on them. I was stationed in Scotland for two years of my service in Holy Lock. And subs would come alongside, you know, and we'd do whatever repairs we could, you know, while they're underway. You know, I was a welder. I was a pipe fitter. I was an insulator, sheet metal worker. I even got to the point where I was a nuclear welder. Cool. I mean, I welded in a nuclear compartment on a sub. Wow. And one time I had to fix a piece of sheet metal down the missile tube of a boomer submarine. Being on this little rope chair and being loaded, lowered down this tube and couldn't even see the bottom. It was so dark. So claustrophobia is not too much of a concern for you? No. I, I wouldn't be able to do that, I don't think. I'd be... And one time I, <laughs> one time I went on sea trials with a submarine. I was two weeks underwater with a s- sub team. Yeah. It was two weeks vacation. I couldn't do nothing because of the whole tech. You know, you can't do nothing <laughs> underwater, you know. And I mean, they actually let me drive the sub and look at really? the periscope and stuff. You know, it was kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Then I always would tease people. I says, you know... The most important thing you got to remember on a submarine is you got to close the screen door. People go, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I watch shows like NCIS and other, you know, we've seen movies with submarines and everything in it. Is being on a submarine anything like that? Or is it... Is it portrayed a little bit differently on in oh, Hollywood? No, it, no it's, it's kind of like that because you got, you got an area where you... Well, even on the surface ships, where your bed is, it's like a... It's kind of almost kind of like a truck compartment almost, but okay, a, yeah. smaller. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're too broad in the shoulders, when you roll over, your shoulder hits the bunk Hit above the bunk you. above. <laughs> and all your clothes are underneath you. Okay. And you do have like a little stand-up footlocker, but yeah, there's just... Oh, in a room like this... They'd probably have close to 100 people sleeping in here. Yeah, wow. Because you'd be three high. Yeah. It's And on a submarine, wherever they can put a bunk, they put a bunk. Yeah, P- packed in like a can of sardines, yep. basically, right? Yeah. you only got so much room there, but well, you get your it. entire crew. Because, I, I mean, you, when you go down... You're down. You're down. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's yeah, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> but I appreciate guys like you. Uh, that, that, that have done that. So I want to personally thank you for your service. You're welcome. Um, give you a handshake here and say thank you. Um, now, though, you, you are part of uh, American Legion. You do, you, you're involved with Legion Riders. Yes, I am. Can you talk about that and, and, and what you do with that and what Legion Riders is, is, is doing? Well, a lot of things that we do are, uh, we do it like the flag line and escorting like in military rights services, mm-hmm. funerals a lot. Is our, is our biggest thing. But, like, uh, let's see, a couple of years ago, our Legion Post, we did help the state, Nebraska State Patrol with money to get a drug dog. Hmm. But we uh, kind of canceled that because now we're going with the assistant dogs for the vets, you know. Sure, sure. You know, now we're spending our money in our, and we do our own training with the dogs, you know, that we give. Really? We're doing, like, in our own local chapter, getting them taken care of, and then we go out and help other ones. Uh, 
for anybody unfamiliar, and I, I've got a pretty decent sense already, but uh, explain the dogs and, and the purpose Well, they're support there. dogs for a lot of the veterans. You know, like a lot of them are there just, you know, emotional help, you know, because of all the different stuff that different vets go through. And a lot of them, you know, if, they, if the veteran has a hard time getting up, you know, then we give them like a bigger dog and they use them like to help them get up and, and just stuff like that, you know. Mostly it's just a support dog. So as far as uh, your involvement directly with Legion Riders, what's, what's that look like for you as far as how often are you engaging in activities there? Well, I try to as much as I can, but being on the road a month at a shot, you know, there's a lot yeah. of things I do miss. So during the summer, I, I try to do as many rides as I can with them. But, you know, like I said, it's hard, you know, because a lot of times it's the weekend before I get home or the weekend I'm already gone. You know, it just, it just, never, it just never pans out. But, but they understand that, you know. Right. You know, you can't make everything because I don't live in the town 24-7. Yeah. yeah. What's it mean for you, though, to be able to be a part of that? Oh, it's, it's the biggest kick in the world. Especially, uh, well, like every Labor Day at the Nebraska State Fair, there's a veterans parade, and okay. it's usually nothing but motorcycles. Last year, we had 72 bikes in the parade. Cool. You know, and then majority of us with our Harleys, you know, we got the louder pipes on and stuff, you know, and you're all the kids and all the other veterans, you know, giving the motion to crank open yeah. the throttle, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that, you know. And it's really cool because even a lot, a lot of times, even just cruising down the road, somebody would come by, come past me, and I got my vest on and they'll come by and honk and give me a thumbs up and cool. stuff like that. And then even like at some restaurants, you know, I'll get a person, you know, not too often, but, you know, thank you for your service or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's really a big feather in the hat. That's cool. When you do uh, take on an assignment to go be a part of uh, a ceremony, uh, a service, uh, Walk me through that, what that looks like, what you guys are doing, and what your purpose is there. Well, a lot, of, lot. Well, the first of all, if we're, you know, asked to attend a funeral, there's always like 40 or 50 of us standing outside the church with flags, doing the flag line in front of the church or the funeral home or wherever the services are being held. And then once all the family and everything's inside, then we usually tear down the flags and then we follow the hearse or whatever out to the cemetery and then do another flag line, you know. And do the flag folding and all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you had an opportunity to hear back from from families? Oh yeah, we get we get a lot of comments. You know that we get a lot of postcards and letters. You know that come back to the to the American Legion Club. You know, but otherwise, a lot of them, you know, will actually come up to us and give us a hug or shake our hand. You know, when the funeral's over, when they're walking in or something like that. As far as being able to be involved. As, as a Legion rider, what, what are the requirements? Who can be involved in this? Who can get, take part? In, well, a, actually, you, to be quite honest, you actually don't even have to be a leader, right, Legion rider to be involved. Okay. Anybody, anybody can be, come and be involved. No, if you just got the heart and the respect to, you know, for the servicemen, anybody can be involved. You know, if, even if you just had your own bike and you just joined the line just, you know, for the ride, we welcome all riders. We don't care. You know, no offense to the Patriot writers, but we didn't let them sneak in every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> like they let us sneak in every now and then sure. when we come across something, you know. But it's, it's, it's just a big family. And everybody just looks out for each other. Mm-hmm. 
as a veteran, and I mean, you literally wear this on your sleeve that you're a veteran, you're proud to be uh, a service member. What does it mean to you to have been in the service and, and served that way? Well, just I felt that I did something for my country, you know. You know, it may not have been wartime or anything like that, but like I said earlier, it's just the, the satisfaction, you know, that I didn't have to, but I did. Mm-hmm. And I think it made me a more rounded person, you know, because there's places I've seen that I never would have seen if I wouldn't went in the service. Like I said, I lived in Scotland for two years. I'd seen everything over in Europe. I went to Switzerland, Ireland, every place. Germany for Oktoberfest. You know, I would ne- I still wouldn't be able to see those places if I didn't go in. No. It's just, well, like they say, the Navy, it's a venture. But it's a venture in any branch of service. Yeah. I know that's one. Of, that's been one of the recruiting points in the past yep. is yep. Navy, see, see the world, right? <laughs> yep. But you're in trucking now. Yep. And you've been doing that for how long? Since I was about 14. <laughs> so you were doing that before you were even in the Navy? Yep. How were you involved at 14 years old? My cousin owned an implement shop, and I would ride with him when he delivered pieces of machinery to the farmers around my local area. And about after the third time, he says, well, that's enough for riding. Now you're driving. <laughs> 14 years old, you're going to turn me loose in a semi? Oh, yeah. So I've been doing it on and off since I've been 14. About 30-some-odd 30 30 years, you know, total. I just, I just like it because it's a freedom. You know, see different places all the time, meet different people. And I'm the kind of person I can talk to anybody. How long have you been here at Newsbomb? It'll be five years in December. I wish I'd have found this company years ago. I was, a, I was the shag driver at Case New Holland Warehouse in Grand Island, and some of your drivers talked me into it, and then the two drivers that talked me into it don't work here no more. They quit. <laughs> what happened? And now they want to come back, and they don't know how to. <laughs> well, you know, that's... I hate to say it, but you give up a good thing. Then. <laughs> well, that's it, you know. You know, like every truck driver, they always think the grass is always greener, but when you start weighing stuff out, you can't beat the family atmosphere around here. Yeah. You know, when the president can come out of his office and greet you by name and remember you, well, we got, what, 400-some drivers now? Yep. And still remember your name, that's a big thing to me. I joined the team back in 2014. And where else can you go and say, hey, in nine months I won't be here for a week because 75th anniversary of Sturgis is going on and they give me the time off with no questions asked. You know, you can't argue with something like that. Oh. And... 2020, I'll be gone for another 10 days <laughs> for the 80th anniversary. So every five years, we can just plan on you being gone being for Sturgis. 10 days. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> what do you like about Sturgis? People and the rides up there because you can go up there every year and there's always someplace that you didn't ride before. I mean, you get back on the side roads and see, I used to deliver groceries when I drove a truck for a while and we deliver groceries up that way and there's a lot of roads when you see them as a, with a semi, that you can't take the semi down. So that's, right. what I, that's like I'm, what I'm doing now is I'm seeing all these places I want to go. So when I do quit driving, I can take my camper and my motorcycle, and I'm going to go up there and cruise all these side roads. I couldn't cruise with the semi. Yeah. Because I already know how to get there. I just can't get where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a biker, but I, I can totally appreciate that, that sense of freedom and being able to go and be wherever and have the world... 360 degree view all around you seems pretty exhilarating to me oh it is (laughs) but you think it's dangerous with these idiots on the road in a truck you should try it on a motorcycle because they really can't see you and that's why the one patch says 
Loud Pipe saves lives because it saved my behind a couple times already. So louder the better. Back from when I was driving a little bit, I, I could not ever get over how invisible you seem to be, even as a big truck. I, I, it just never made sense to me. It's like, how in the world? Are you not seeing me? Do you just Yeah, how can you not miss 80 foot? This, it seems impossible. <laughs> but yet it happens every day. But, and so on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Even worse. Well, that's it. I mean, you think you got to be alert in a truck? You got to be twice alert on a bike. Yeah. We may be able to stop quicker, but yeah, we only got <laughs> a little tire that's about six inches wide that's going to stop you. you. You only got that much, and then there's, you don't have the cage around you anymore. Nope. But I still rather ride without a helmet. I, I just think it's my choice, you know, as part of freedom. You know, if I want to go uptown and get a gallon of milk, I don't want to put a helmet on. Well, you don't want to mess up that hair. What hair? (laughs) (laughs) Anything else that you're involved in, uh, especially from a veteran standpoint, outside of uh, Legion, or uh, do you get involved in other activities? Not really too much right now, because, you know, it's just really hard, you know, to get involved in a lot of stuff, you know, being gone. But if I ever hear of anything, you know, if I'm home and all of a sudden I hear, oh, there's something going on tomorrow. Okay, I'll, I'll try to make it, you know, and stuff like that, you know. But usually I just get my post from the Legion, you know. Then a lot of times if I get, if it works out right and I get my 34-hour restart by home, then I'll yeah. try to join in more stuff as I can. Lonnie, I, I, I do appreciate sincerely your service uh, and what you continue to contribute as, as a veteran uh, and, and being a part of the Legion Riders and supporting uh, other veteran families uh, in in that capacity. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for your continued service and, and everything that you've done. And being a great driver for this company, too, and, and representing us well. You're welcome. Appreciate well, doing it every day. I'd love to have, uh, I think, if I was to talk to our driver managers and others here, I think we'd love to see 100 more Lonnie's here. Uh, I, don't well, know, I don't know about that part. Maybe 50. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can handle that many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim might argue with that one. <laughs> well, Lonnie, thanks again so much, and uh, appreciate you taking time to uh, talk with me and chat. And uh, No problem. We'll Enjoyed see you next every time second around. of it. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.